The aim of Black Mental Matters is to tell experiences with honesty. Therefore, some discussions may trigger an adverse reaction. If a discussion is beginning to upset you, we advise that you please stop listening and talk to your support team. Mama, it's that man again, the Black Mental Matters man. How you doing, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Vince the Voice. It is Black Mental Matters. Myself, along with Makiba Reed Johnson, we work to eradicate that stigma as it relates to mental health in the black community through this podcast. And we thank you so much for joining us once again. Hope all is going well. This particular episode is a blast. I'm telling you, Makiba hooked me up with one of her young protégés who is now a young mental health professional. One of the things that we really also work to do is get more young people into the field. And once you hear this young lady, you'll see why. She's got some good, good answers to some of the questions that has been dogging us for decades, years, generations. Lock it in. This is Black Mental Matters, and it starts right now. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, prepare yourselves for the best podcast you've ever heard because Makiba Reed Johnson is on the air. Makiba, what's happening? What's up, Vince the Voice Bailey? Oh, you know. How are you doing? You know what? I'm doing all right. You know, critically racing around the world, you know, doing things, you know, trying trying to make people understand, you know, that. Uh, hey, all history ain't true history. I'm tired of his story and I'm ready for some real history. And I yes. pr- appreciate you for, um, you know, all that you do. I think that at Critical Race, we, we, we got him on the ropes a little bit right now, Makiba. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now now we got to just follow up with, with the knockout punch. With the knockout punch. <laughs> and you know what that means. We bringing in the young people. And I know you excited because you got one of your, you know, one of your uh, protégés, the, the future Makiba with us today. Ladies and gentlemen, mental health professional, Spellman, the number one college for women and black folk uh, graduate, Miss Brittany Woodard. And everybody goes crazy. Yes, yes. Hello, hello, everyone. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. (laughs) So excited. Now, Brittany, you're out in what California? You, you sunny, sunny California, hot California right now. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. I am in San Diego. Um, It feels. I mean, it felt good this morning. I don't know what it feels like right now. The sun is coming out now, so it, it might be up there now. It's dry out here. Mm. Not like humid heat in Atlanta, but right. it gets hot. Wow. But it's still hot. It's still hot. Well, Bakiba, yeah. I'm, I'm going to let you, uh, I mean, to, to, to kick us off here, I mean, this young lady impressed you so much, and, and she's doing things. Uh, uh, lay, lay, lay the red carpet out for Brittany. I mean, why, why do we have Brittany on this line here today? Okay. I'm so excited because Brittany is like my child. You know how I love my babies, my little Spellman babies. Brittany is one of my favorites. I met Brittany when I was at Spellman, and she had an interest in mental health. Mm. And she and I had would have the best conversations, I mean, almost daily. And she 
had and still has an understanding of the nuances of being able to talk to people and connect with people and get to know and understand people and get people to open up and to be compassionate when she's talking. Mm. She is so different from most other therapists and, and, and she doesn't use that like Freudian approach. In fact, she and I were talking about this a couple of days ago that a lot of therapists are very, you know, stoic and, you know, reserved. And that's why a lot of black people, you you know, you know how we are. We want to feel like we know you and we can connect with you. And Brittany had that. Brittany had that before she even got into this profession. So I am just so excited I'm about to cry. I am so excited to have Ruby on this show today because she has done so much in such a short amount of time with the populations that she's been working with, yes. even when she was in school at the graduate level. And I'm just so excited about her being on our podcast to share her story. And so, Brittany, I mean, I, I so am I. Uh, thank you, uh, uh, Makiba. So am I. And and we, one of our one of our missions that we've talked about is encouraging young people. Uh, to get into the world of mental health uh, as a mental health professional because we need it so much in our community. So can you talk a little bit about your journey, uh, Brittany, to becoming this uh, super brain uh, uh, changer that you are now? <laughs> yeah, so first of all, Makiba, thank you for that wonderful introduction because, like, seriously, yes, this is like my mother. I call her Mama Kiba is what uh, yes. me and my PSA call her. Just so really near and dear um, to my heart and just, part of the reason that I continue the journey. Um, and so I kind of started as a kid, like I kind of always figure, like always want to figure people out. Like I always had that, that thing. Like I would always like find like the people who had almost like the most trauma. And at that time I didn't understand it was trauma. Mm. Um, but I would always find people like that. And I would always just want to make them my friend and I would want to help them. And like, I used to have friends like come and confine in me, um, with some of the most like deepest personal things. Um, and so growing up, I grew up in Atlanta, um, Decatur to be exact. Um, and so just growing up and just being in these environments where I'm seeing all this trauma, I'm seeing all these things happen around me. And I just always wanted to understand like, what does this mean? Like, what does this mean? And of course, like as a kid, mental health was not something, especially as a black kid, mm-hmm. mental health was not a field that was talked about. It was you a doctor, you're a lawyer, you're a teacher, mm-hmm. like it's all these different fields. And so um, at one point I was like in school, um, like in high school, I went to a magnetic theme school. I was on a healthcare pathway and I just, I always, said I wanted to help people and that's why I wanted to be in healthcare and for me it was like okay I'm doing all this healthcare stuff I don't know if this is really like fitting me like I I like it but I don't love it like I'm not passionate about it and so um you know after a lot of searching after meeting a few people um one guy in particular and I'm blanking on his name but he's like a celebrity therapist um and he came and talked to our school in high school and just like kind of told us about the field of counseling and he was like a celebrity therapist and I was like oh it's kind of cool and he was like I remember him saying like if you love to know about people and love to know about people business this is the field for you and I'm like okay I like to know I love to know about people I'm, I'm nosy I'm like okay 
okay, so maybe this is a pill for me. <laughs> yes. um, but, <laughs> but, you know, in, in high school, that's what had me going. And so um, as time went on and I started learning more of the fundamentals um, of mental health and learning more about trauma and just being able to make connections of things that I witnessed in my childhood, um, things that I've heard, um, and just being able to make that connection with different theories and just, um, you know, just different aspects of mental health. And so that's what kind of kept me going. Um, and so Spelman did a lot of great teaching and like so many great professors and people I came across that kind of kept me going in the mental health field. Um, just getting that experience and then finally wanting to go to grad school. Uh, well, before grad school, I worked in a crisis unit. And so that wow. kept me pushing because yes. I was like, OK, this is not right. This system here is mm. so jacked up and it's not helping. Mm. And I kept saying, I have to keep going. I have to keep going. Mm. And so I kind of just kept going and found my way in grad school. Um, and so did my three years in grad school, um, had wonderful experiences, was able to do practicum um, and my practicum was with Native American clients, which was so oh, wow. impactful. Wow. Had never worked with Native American clients before. Wow. Um, didn't know anything about Native American people besides, of course, what they teach us that little paragraph mm-hmm. in the history book, right? Yes, yes. Which now we know is not even it's not even true. Yes. Um, and so for me, that was so impactful and, and it kept me going. And I always said, like, traditional therapy. It, it just doesn't feel like it's me. It, it doesn't feel like it fits me to the core. Um, and then just like seeing and growing up and hearing like the, the stigma um, of mental health in the black community and seeing that my community needs it the most. And I'm like, what can I do to get my community to see that we need it? Like, this is the way that we grow. This is the way that we heal. And so, you know, and I just want to like spread that mental health and, and the understanding of impact that all this trauma that has happened to us have on us and still continues to this day to have on us. And so just wanting to break that, break that stigma. That's my whole thing is breaking that stigma, educating as many people as I can and helping as many people as I can for my community. Like that's something that I just, I'm passionate about doing. So I guess that's kind of how I ended up here where I am today. Wow. Wow. Well, I can feel the passion, you know, through my headphones here that uh, and you you said something uh, and Makiba had had hinted this to me that you, you know, did the work with the Native Americans that, you know, are uh, again, we've been talking a lot of this critical race uh, theory uh, discussion uh, lately. And one of the things that have just come out, they're finding the bodies of all these Native uh, indigenous people, you know, who were put into those boarding schools and they're finding these mass graves and all this kind of stuff but didn't nobody tell him you know that's critical race ain't just for black folks critical race is for every folk out here you know to realize what really happened and why we in the positions and doing the things that we're doing today yes a hundred percent a hundred percent which is why i'm like why are we not teaching critical race theory like why is this an issue like what what is going on like why is it an issue and so Mm -hmm. for me i try very hard to understand different perspectives because i think when we can understand the different perspectives of different people we can understand how to challenge some of those thoughts it's all about challenging some of these thoughts and challenging some of these perspectives to help people understand the importance of critical race theory that's right. Um, and so I think that's that's what's so important. And yeah, I it's hard to to understand and like kind of take yourself out of it in your own feelings and kind of like 
see the different perspectives. But yes, it's it's a lot. I just wanted to just to, to, to go back into when you were talking about your education in school. Brittany, can, can you just tell us again on um, what your undergraduate major was and what you um, majored in grad school? And, and the reason I'm asking is because there's a lot of conversation now about getting people into this profession without having to go through, you know, grad and PhD, people are starting to challenge the model of, you know, you have to have this level of education before you can get involved in advocacy and in counseling. So, so just for our, our listeners, can you just tell us exactly what, you know, what your major was and what your academic path was into your field? Yes. So um, at Spelman, my major was psychology. So I have my BA um, in psychology from Spelman. Um, And then my master's I received at University of San Diego. Um, And so my master's is the MA um, in counseling, but my program was clinical mental health counseling to be exact. Mm. Got it. Got it. Awesome. Clinical mental uh, uh, health therapist is that or counselor counselor that's the correct counselor term. well counselor therapist it's, it's kind of interchangeable it's the yeah <laughs> it's inter, it's interchangeable and you know again yeah. just going back to that whole i i can't get critical race theory off of my brain these mm-hmm. days and uh, some of the things that you <laughs> said and no we shouldn't and 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 just because Again, you got to explain why grandma is screaming at that poor little black girl trying to go into the school in that picture. Now you you trying to say that everything, you know, is is wrong and trying to indoctrinate. What is the feeling in the field of, of black therapists right now, uh, Brittany, as it relates to critical race theory and things like that, where we're, we're you know, bringing out these atrocities that have taken place, the traumas that have taken place with, uh, for against black people? Mm-hmm. Yes. And then she said the key word there was trauma. And mm-hmm. I think that's the first thing that comes to mind as a therapist when you're thinking about critical race theory. There's trauma, right? There's trauma mm-hmm. on and then there's not even just trauma on one end. There's trauma on both ends. Yes. Right. So mm-hmm. as a black person, there's trauma because you're like having to relive these experiences, talking about them, just reliving it over and over again. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you think about trauma, um, you think about trauma responses, right? How we respond to this this trauma that happened, right? So we know slavery is trauma, segregation, trauma, Jim Crow, trauma, you know, um, all the killers, police brutality, all of this is trauma. And it's like trauma on top of trauma on top of trauma. And so with that, we have these trauma responses. So like some common trauma responses that you see is anxiety and fear, um, just like re-experiencing trauma, um, avoidance, anger, shame, guilt, like grief, depression, just so many different trauma responses. Even when you're thinking about the use of alcohol and substances, mm-hmm. trauma relate response. Right? Yes. And this is what's happening. And so you're seeing that on that end. And then from the white perspective, the trauma of, okay, I was taught this history about my founding fathers and about, you know, my ancestors. And now you're seeing that these things that you were taught, you weren't taught the whole story, right? Mm-hmm. Or you were taught a lie. And so to it's almost like living all of these years being taught that like, for example, Christopher Columbus was this great guy that came over here and settled in the, lost. you know, settled he over here. Lost. And, yeah, it was exactly. people already here. 
Yes, found new land so that white settlers could come over here and everything was all peaches and cream, right? Mm -hmm. But now we're actually finding out that's not true. Mm -hmm. You know, he came over here and conquered land that was Mm -hmm. already, this was native land that we're on. And he came over here and took this land did all this genocide, not him alone, others that came with him, mm-hmm. but all the mass genocide of Native American people. Like he, all of this was happening. And so now you're finding out like, oh, it wasn't just like, he just came over here and, you know, took this land and, you know, we were all happy, right? It's more to the story, right? Mm-hmm. And then even to the point where, you know, he makes a comment about like, to bring as many slaves as you can to, yes. to help conquer this land, right? Mm-hmm. And which is how, you know, black people, that's when we came over here. Well, they brought us over here, right? And mm-hmm. so that's when you get all of this, this like melting pot of, of things happening and trauma that's happening. And so on the white perspective, it's like, wow, like this was somebody we were taught in school to look up to. Like I still remember learning about Christopher Columbus in school. They didn't mention a lot about the fact <laughs> that this was native land that he mm. took over right. and conquered it. They didn't mention that. They didn't, even when we're talking about like Thanksgiving, sure. they didn't mention right. that Thanksgiving was a part mm-hmm. of genocide. Like it wasn't. It wasn't just a common ground. We all hug and hey, you can have our land. Like that wasn't what it was. Right. And so now we're learning that this history that we've been taught is wrong. So as a white perspective, as you're listening to this this hero that you had, and you're learning that like, oh well, this person wasn't as great as I thought he was, and we have a whole Christopher Columbus Day, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're learning all this history, right? Even when you think about like Juneteenth, for example, and and 4th of July, right? So now a lot of black people are not celebrating 4th of July like they used to because now Mm -hmm. Juneteenth is like everybody know about Juneteenth. And I remember I didn't learn about Juneteenth until honestly a couple of years ago. Like Mm -hmm. I did not know about Juneteenth. Mm -hmm. I did not know. And Mm -hmm. so because it wasn't like I knew there was something but I wasn't aware of like all the, the components of what Juneteenth really is and what it means. And so now 4th of July for me is not even the same. I'm like I'm Juneteenth. 4th of July is just like (laughs) another day. You know what I'm saying? So it's learning all these different traumas, right? That's changing some of those things that we were taught growing up, right? It's challenging some of those things. It's like, okay, it wasn't as peaches and cream as we really thought it was. And so when you're thinking about critical race theory, that's what critical race theory is doing. It's showing the real side. It's showing what really happened and educating people on what really happened. So it's challenging some of these thoughts and some of these things that you were taught growing up. Mm-hmm. You are definitely Lil Makiba. Good Lord. I feel like. That's what I'm talking she about. She taught me well. She taught me well. <laughs> <laughs> I am just over here beaming. I'm like, oh gosh, she's using all these like academic terms. And look at my baby all grown up and not yes. to destroy people. <laughs> yes, yes. One of the first shows we did, Makiba uh, had given me, uh, Brittany, this analogy of of the the animal out in the the, the, the jungle mm-hmm. and when the lion was chasing mm-hmm. them you know and and they get away you know and make it to the water and they just reset and you know hey life is all but for us as people every time we think about that lion coming it's it's a trauma to our bodies and so mm-hmm. you know when you're thinking about your interactions at work or your your interaction with all this stuff out here and and now with 24 hours trauma TV we got post traumatic mm-hmm. uh 
collective post-traumatic uh, uh, stress syndrome going on out here because every time, I mean, even this craziness out of the golf course turned out to be a black. That's like, oh my God. I mean, what yeah. what is going on, really? And so we we need you, Brittany. We need you and, mm-hmm. and more like you to to mm-hmm. to help us uh, uh, process this thing. Thank you, Makiba, for for birthing this 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 baby here. This, she ain't no baby no more. You're welcome. <laughs> she ain't no baby no more. <laughs> yes. But you know what? What Brittany brought up something very profound when you were giving the analogy of the Native American population and what Black people are now facing with critical race theory. The underlying trauma. And nobody's talking about this. Like if you raise a, a child and the child has gone through all these horrible experiences and then as you know, the child grows up and as an adult, you, you know, gaslight the child and say, no, you really didn't go through anything. You know, everything was OK. It's the same thing when we're doing this right now in this country with critical race theory with us. Also with the Native American community Asians, by everybody. erasing. Yes. By erasing pain are adding to the trauma mm. and it is yes. so insensitive and i i can't understand why more 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 mental health professionals and more more public health educators aren't on board with with supporting this because this is what helps this would help heal so many black people yes. is being able to sit in a classroom and hear yes. about the history of racism and systemic racism and slavery and segregation mm-hmm. and how all of the all of these things perpetuated and stacked up and created this system that we're living in today. It would be so healing because it would validate us for the first time collectively as a people mm-hmm. where we where we would first be seen. For, I mean, for the first time ever, people look at statistics, you know, quote unquote, black on black crime. We know that's not even a thing. People, you know, collate all this data and they try to say, oh, there's so much crime in the black community because black people are just aggressive and black people have, you know, a, a, a greater um, propensity towards violence. They're able to get away with these kinds of comments because critical race theory, the, the truth about this country and the way it was built and the system that it was built on is not discussed. And that is helping to not only, you know, hurt black people emotionally and 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 mentally, but it's also giving a, a pass to racists because it's also saying, hey, you know, there's really no racism in this country. It's just a bunch of whining, violent black people. And, and there are people that actually believe that. Well, well, well now, now, Brittany, but, but Bikiba, you just said something that, that, that blew me away <laughs> when you said uh, uh, validate. Maybe that's the mm-hmm. issue. They don't want us to validate ourselves yeah. because you know, you know, I mean, anything we put our minds to, our hands to, our brains to, we just conquer Uh-oh. it. You know, I don't, hey, we tennis, do. we can swim, we can do, I mean, when people yeah. want to say all y'all can do is this, that, that, we can do everything. We, we invented the heart stuff, the traffic lights, mm-hmm. everything out here. Maybe oh, that's, that's right. maybe that's the real sinister plot. So we are, do not validate mm-hmm. our uh, uh, contributions and our abilities out here. What you think, Brittany? Yes, and then, yeah, and then by having that that invalidation, 
what it does is it's it's telling us that our experiences don't matter. Like you're wrong. Yes. It doesn't matter. Like you like wh- what does it take to just validate someone, right? And so mm-hmm. I feel like when when someone invalidates you, it's almost like a piece of your soul yeah. just starts to like like just dwindle away. And as black yeah. people, we have so much Ugh. soul, right? Like we are such an amazing talented. So. Like you say, we mm-hmm. conquer everything. Everything we do, we can take over because we are just that. Like the things like we we built this country you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? without us like this country mm-hmm. would not be here you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying without indigenous people like the, yes. the land would not even be like we're even seeing like mm-hmm. the land is not even the same because indigenous people are not even able to take care of the land like they used to like th- that was what they did yes. and so like that that validation piece is so important and like i remember telling um my coworkers and like most of them were white um and they were talking like we were talking and i was telling them about my experiences as a black woman and everything and they validated me mm. and i just mm. remember in that moment i was like wait what just happened i've never <laughs> wow. been validated by a white person yeah. before yeah. Like, yeah. and like even to tell them that i had never been validated by a white person they were like wait what you've never been validated no white people in the south don't validate black you don't see that and so like that invalidation because it's like when you think about critical race theory like we live this every single day every day right like and so i don't understand why it's okay for us to live this every single day but it's not okay to teach this in school right and so like when you're thinking about it it's like you're teaching a lie but at some point your lie is gonna come out it takes so much more energy to tell a lie than Mm. to tell the truth just tell the truth and they they even lie they're even lying because we're not teaching critical race theory that's a one course in in law Mm -hmm. school thing and no one's teaching critical Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what i'm saying i i just like saying it because i know it make people mad but I don't care. It's just history. That's all it is. That's all it is. That's right. And 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 and, and when they do validate, uh, forgive me. I gotta go. They validate people like Herschel Walker. What? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know, I'm not right. Give me the ball. No, right. You want me to vote for? Give me the ball. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But Eddie, I digress. No, Brittany, that's okay, Vince. Brittany had, had had brought up something important about a um, interaction or an instance with a professor who, um, mm-hmm. I'll let you tell the story, Brittany. <laughs> yes. So in graduate school, I had a white professor um, who basically had made a comment um, to the extent of saying, like, people like from low socioeconomic environments lack uh, kind of like a moral ability because of like things like people stealing from the store, stealing from other people. And so that's a lack of moral judgment. And so I was like, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> so, but what about, <laughs> right. wait, wait, so like everybody just out here stealing and don't have no morals and values. So they just stealing just to steal. They not, there's no reason why they steal. Mm. Um, and this, this particular person, um, felt that they were woke just because of working in inner city schools and all of this stuff. I hate that word. I hate that word. Woke. It just, it's like it's like French braid. It's like when Bo Derek took our braids. I'm like, you know, they TikToking. Thank you, celebrities. Stop TikTok dancing. They just take our stuff. Continue, please. Just take our stuff. <laughs> yes, yes. But just like, and and I'm sitting and I'm arguing the point. I'm like, okay, so what happens when 
someone cannot get a job um because they're in the system and in most and yes. a lot of times black people are in the system and it's no fault like it, we're in the system because the system won't us in the system right mm-hmm. so it's not mm-hmm. even like a, us doing things to get in the like the system is designed the way it's designed to for make a, money off us that's right to, it, make money. to make money off of us exactly to make money off of us at any cost and so what happens when that person you know, it's unable to get a job because they've been in the system. But they have kids and they got to feed their kids. They got to right. feed their family and they go to the store. They still a loaf of bread. So they don't have no morals and value right. because mm-hmm. they still a loaf of bread to feed their family to make sure that their family is OK. Like with, with statements like that, like you have to look mm-hmm. at the whole system. You can't just look and say, oh, like that's that's looking from the outside. In, and that's that stereotype that we always get, that stereotype of being barbaric, that stereotype. And we don't we don't have that that cognitive ability, that moral competence to do anything. Like that's that, that's still feeding into that white supremacy mindset. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I'm, I'm literally going back and forth with this lady. This lady is not bullshit. Like she's, mm. at this point, and the class this is in front like, of the class, right? This, this is in front of the class. And right. at this point, the class is kind of like, you, you know, like defending me, like, no, she's right. Like, and this lady is arguing me back and forth, wow. back and forth. And I'm like, Okay, and that was the first time, like, I don't, I'm not usually, like, confrontational or anything like that. That was the first time, especially, like, for a, like, white professor. Like, for me, that was difficult because I had never, like, a white person, like, going back and forth like that. I wasn't taught to do that. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. and so for me, I was like, Mm -hmm. I can't just sit here and have her say this. And this is a community, you you know, something that I come from. Like, this is this is my people you talking about. Like, you don't even understand what it's like. Like, no, I, I can't have you out here. Like just lying like that, like and giving this information to other white people That's right. so that they can go out here and believe that too. And these are counselors and this is what they're gonna believe wow. about their mm. clients. Mm. Like it's not fair. And then they Absolutely. flip around and say something like, oh, he killed those people because he has affluenza. He's too rich to know what, you know, the stuff they make excuses all the time when there's some old crazy Jeffrey Dahmer eating people kind of stuff. I'm sorry. You get me fired up, Brittany. I ain't, what, what, what do I do? What do I do? I don't yes. <laughs> Listen, no, that, that's fat. That's fat. We know, we know who doing what. Like, it's fat. Yes, yes. And so now, okay, boy, our time is, has, see, that's when I know it's good, boy. We wow. we, we went 29 oh, minutes and we supposed to be 30, oh, but it's, wow. this is our show, McKee, but we're going to go a little extra today. Okay. I don't give a dang because we got Brittany on the horn. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that's right. Let's go. Let's go. So, 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 so Brittany, <laughs> I mean, what, what, what would you then, I mean, there's so much, but what would you encourage our black community to do? Uh, to help uh, eradicate that stigma and and kind of ease our trauma, what what kinds of of outlooks mindsets would you say we need to start at least try to because the lies is gonna keep coming. I mean, they got whole networks mm-hmm. geared around lies. So, mm-hmm. what, what would you in your knowledge now that you've gained, and I know more is coming, but uh, what would you advise our communities to do? Mm. Mm understand the root of it all i think that's the biggest thing is to understand the roots of it all their roots one of the um concepts that i am so big on is post-traumatic slave syndrome Mm -hmm. and 
growing up in the South, I saw it. I see it. <laughs> like I see it all mm. the time. And so for me, I've always been so big on understanding where stuff comes from because everything comes from somewhere. That's right. And so when you can understand the root of it, you can understand how to fix it. If you, it's just like if you don't know where you come from, you don't know where you're going. Ooh. And so you have to understand the roots of it. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, another thing that I see within our community is we are oftentimes I see people still surviving. Right. So we have these survival skills that we needed back in the day that now we don't necessarily have to. I'm not going to say don't have to use anymore, but we can use it in different ways, maybe. Um, and some stuff we actually don't need anymore. And so, like, when I'm thinking about, like, pride, right, there's so much pride mm-hmm. in the black community. And mm-hmm. we needed pride. Like, when you're thinking about, like, segregation and Jim Crow and, like, all of that, like, pride was important because mm-hmm. that's what kept you going. You're, right. you're proud of how far we come. Like, you're proud. Yes. You're trying to push. You're trying to push. But then at the same time, now I see pride killing us uh, because now we're so prideful mm-hmm. that we don't want to look and see what else can we work on? What else wow. can we fix? What can we actually do? Wow. And I think that when we do, when we start to understand and learn our own history, because like even the older I get, the more I learn it. I went to all black schools my entire life. So like segregation, Jim Crow, all of that slavery, we talked about that because I went to black schools and even if I didn't get it from school, I got it from my mama. I got it from my Mm. family. Like we talked about this. They made sure that I knew in our family history, they made sure that I Mm. knew I had aunts and uncles that went to all black schools. I had aunts and uncles that that, um, integrated white schools. Like they made sure that I knew that history. And because of that, I feel like when we know our history, we can keep going. We can keep pushing. And one of the saddest things is to see black people surviving and not living. We can live. And when we live, we can heal. Mm. You know, it's nothing Mm. like seeing someone so stuck Mm. in that trauma. And it's hard. Like, you know, trauma is really hard. And a lot of times people don't even know how to identify Mm. being stuck in trauma. And that's why therapy is so important. That's the next thing is black people going to therapy. Like, I I can't tell you how many times I have said (laughs) to black people, you know, therapy is a good thing. We should all go to therapy, you know, or ask someone, have you ever thought about therapy? And the the response I get back is, ain't nothing wrong with me. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. right. I'm like, okay, all right. Right. So then I have to change the perspective to say that, well, nowadays there's no such thing as there's nothing wrong with me. For one, when you think about the trauma that we've been through, we all are impacted Mm -hmm. by that. I don't know not one person in this country that's not impacted by the trauma, whether it be white, black, like Mm -hmm. indigenous, anybody. Like everybody is impacted by the trauma that happened. If we didn't see it any other time, we saw it this past year. Right. And so when you understand that and you can understand that I have an impact. Right. And I think also just making sure like I think we as a people also need to be okay with not being okay. Uh, I don't think mm. we're okay with not being okay, and that's why we don't seek help like we should. Uh, that is because all right. it's, it's trying all right. to. Yeah. It, yeah. It's just the way that's it is. Why. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Bad up and just suck it up it and take it, take it like a man. What? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like it's, it's almost like a, a hopeless 
sometimes it's almost like a hopeless thing. And it's like, when we pay attention to like, I know it, it, it sucks sometimes because it's like, why are we still fighting racism? Why are we still like, and people think like, people really think like, okay, segregation is over. Like it just, slavery is over. Like all of that just is gone and racism is over with and it's not, it's still there. And so when we focus and, and really pay attention to that, like we can heal, you know what I'm saying? Like be honest with ourselves, we can heal. Instead of, instead of, I always say, instead of being like fake perfect or like trying to put up a persona, how about you, whatever it is that you got going on, just fix it. <laughs> like, <Right>. just, <laughs> just work on it. <laughs> like, even if right. some stuff might not be able to be fixed, so accept it and figure out what you can do. We can always do something. Mm. We can always mm-hmm. do something, even on a micro level. It starts on the micro level and then yes. it turns macro. So, like, just start yes. there, I guess, is the, the biggest thing in therapy. Therapy, 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 yes. black people. Mm. <laughs> wow. Absolutely. And and, and just, just like what, what Brittany was saying, there are all types of therapists and, you know, and counselors. Like, it, picking a therapist should be almost like, like, matching up on tinder like like Mm. like when you find your therapist it it needs to be a mutual connection and not you are just sitting in a room and just divulging all this information about yourself and then coming back and 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 coming you know back next week for the next follow-up session it the the model with britney's generation is now changing the entire paradigm of what counseling and mental health and emotional wellness support looks like. And I believe that in the future, a lot of more black people are going to be going to therapy because you all are now making it more comfortable for them. Yes. 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 And that's what I I want for this field to make it more comfortable for us. We yeah. need like for us by us. Like that's what we need therapy. right now. Like, therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I <Wow>. like that. <laughs> wow. Makiba, my hat is off to I you. Told you. Yeah, girl. I told you. you done planted it, watered it, seeded it, all that kind of good Man. stuff. And it not, is growing. Not really. She kinda did it on her own. Yeah. She kinda did it on her own. I I I, I, I could see that, but no. Gotta gotta push and, and uh, push in in the right direction and so we just want to encourage you, Brittany. And I know we're going to be hearing more pretty soon. We're going to be hearing about you telling uh, Harvard. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm going to take my my, my uh, talents over here to uh, <laughs> like 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 my sister, 16, 19 uh, uh, sister. Because um, yes, yes. they, they need us more than we need them. You know, oh, and yeah. and they need to oh, embrace, yeah. uh, you know, the knowledge and the skills and everything that we bring to the table. It makes this world such a much better place. Uh, shout out again to the natives out there, to the Asians out there. Yeah. You know, Makiba know them, my mm-hmm. people as well. The, yes. the Hispanics, yes. the Mexicans, everybody out there. We're all in this thing together. And with yeah. young people like you, I think one day we may really see the melting pot that America can be, mm-hmm. and not this old divided mess that we got uh you know kind of uh trying to take over because it ain't i yeah. I, I refuse yeah, to lose mm-hmm. yes it's a, it's a system that's really not benefiting nobody at the end of the day that's right like Absolutely. it's sure not isn't. that's right <laughs> no. so if people i know you're out in california but uh Brittany, are you accepted patients is there anything we can do to help you get uh, uh, um, uh more money in your pocket or anything like that is there any <laughs> Well, well, I'm open right now. I am 
currently uh, unemployed. Okay, okay. <laughs> but my choice. I chose to take some time off after school to just, just you know, it's a lot being in school and, yes. you know, going to a PWI and I just, I needed a little time off, so. Okay. But well, um, right now, Brittany, aren't you teaching a a a class on 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 race at your school? Yes. Well, I yeah. yes. So I I was teaching a class on race. So we actually just ended um last week. Okay. But yeah, oh, okay. I was teaching. I was facilitating racial healing groups um back in my program in my clinical mental health counseling program. Um, that's what I was doing. It was amazing experience. I'm sure. Like, Loved it. Awesome. <laughs> loved it. Loved it. Loved it. And we'd love to continue it too. Well, if there's anything awesome. that we can do, I know Makiba will let it, let me know and let our team know, and uh, we we just want to encourage you to just keep 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 growing, uh, Brittany. Keep growing. It is Thank a beautiful you. thing. It sounds uh, like our future is going to be a lot brighter mm-hmm. if we can get more young people like yourself uh, to take the lead, grab the reins, and and uh, you know tell it like it is. Uh, nothing wrong with that. The truth will set us yes. free, right? Yes, yes, yes. Be your authentic Absolutely. self. Mm. Your authentic self. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to, Makiba, any last words? We didn't, we have any last words you want to say, Makiba? Um, well, I just wanted just to tell Brittany, thank you. And, and just for people out, out there that are listening, I hope that this podcast encourages more young black people yes. to get into this field yes. and to, you know, and to recognize that this is as important as becoming a doctor. It is as essential in our community that we have therapists that not only look like us, but have the same lived experience. That makes a huge difference. Makes a huge difference. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why Black Mental Matters. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, thank you again, Brittany, out there in California. Enjoy the yeah. sun. Thank you, Makiba. Yeah. And uh, we'll sure. see you all next time on Black Mental Matters. Have a great one.